All right, let's get right into the word of the Lord this morning. We're going to do part two of the series that started last Sunday morning entitled The Quest. And the quest that we're on is to uh, keep our life on target with the will of God for our lives. We don't drift into financial success. We don't drift into physical fitness. We have to uh, pay careful attention to everything about our lives. Sometimes you think it'd be nice to put it on cruise control, but you know, there's not yet been found a cruise control for our personal development, our personal well-being. So we have to continually pay very careful attention to everything, making sure that it's done accurately, precisely, and invoking and, and, and bringing the will of the Lord right into the midst of it. Walk carefully. So let's, let's look at Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 15 because I want to read the next two verses as well in the book of Ephesians. Chapter 5, verse 15 through 17. It's telling us to see then that you walk says circumspectly in the New King James, but it's really the word carefully, so I'm going to read it like that. See then that you walk carefully, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. In verse 17 again, therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be unwise, but understand. So it's, it's incumbent upon each one of us individually to be pursuing the will of God, the plan of God for our lives, and to not be unwise, but to be knowing what the will of the Lord is. I have probably expressed it as much as anyone else has expressed it, especially when you're in those major decision-making seasons of life, that it's just, you know, the will of the Lord it's like I have an option here, I have an option over here, and they both are looking really well, but you know, which, which one is the will of the Lord? What is God's will for my life? And sometimes, you know, I think we all have said, I just wish, you know, the handwriting were written on the wall for us. Well, the good news is it is written in our very hearts by the Holy Spirit. And as we continue to draw on the wisdom of God, continue to, to press in with him, and to, and to develop our quest in keeping life on target, I think we'll become, we come to a place where we become more comfortable knowing that we are taking steps that are in the will of God for our lives. Not everything is just, you know, sometimes people call it, well, it's just a blind step of faith. Well, you know, faith is defined as walking by, you know, walk by faith and not by sight, but it's not a blind it's not a blind walking. You know, with the eye of faith, we can see what the next steps are, but that we are taking them by faith. And to the natural eye, it may not make any sense. You may not be comprehending why you're doing it, but with the eye of faith, we can see and understand the will of the Lord. The psalmist tells us that the word of the Lord makes one wise. So continue on with God's word. Continue to expect to become wise in the name of, the Lord, in the name of our Lord and Savior. So the Word of God gives us much wisdom. The book of Proverbs, we'll be quoting uh, various verses from the book of Proverbs in this series and on the quest to keep life on target. Proverbs, uh, you know, they provide practical and reliable insights for us. Uh, they don't address every contingency that you might come up against in, in, in this world that we live in, but they certainly do provide practical and reliable guidance for us. Even your best job that you can do, that, you know, doing, doing the best of whatever it is that you are setting your hand out to do, 
You purpose to do the very best that you can, but the very best thing you can do for your life in whatever quest that you are on, whatever it is that you are pursuing, the very best thing you can do for yourself, even, let's say, parenting. Today is Mother's Day, so happy Mother's Day, all the moms in here this morning. So, amen. Proverbs resource you with much insight for being a good mom and or a, a good father, being a good parent. For example, Proverbs 22.6 tells us to train up a child in the way they should go, and when they grow old, they will not depart from it. Now, that training up in the way they should go, that way they should go is not necessarily referring to the, to the uh, college or career choices that they are making or their Future marriage is not necessarily talking about that. It can include that, but ultimately it's referring to making the choice for eternity. Making the choice for eternity. Accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That's the direction that we are to point our children into. And the good news with the, on, on our quest for wisdom is that God is not looking for us to be perfection. But as we're on this quest for wisdom, we will find ourselves making good choices. Matter of fact, uh, just another parenting uh, insight here is that our children are not needing us to be perfect. But what our children are needing is that they're needing to see you as a, us as parents in a quest for righteousness, in a quest for holiness, in a quest for the righteousness of God. And when children see that in their parents, it will help them tremendously in making that right choice for eternity. Right now, for those of you that just made the decision to go to college, it seems like a very, very, very big deal. There'll come a time where it won't be such a big deal. Yeah, I went there, I did that, I graduated from that, but there's much larger things at stake here, meaning eternity and, and all the other responsibilities that are going to come your way as life continues to e evolve. But, so make it your quest to be in pursuit of God and to be in pursuit of God's wisdom in every, above all the things that you are in pursuit of. Last week we looked at, uh, in introdu introducing this series, we looked at James chapter 3 and verse 17 just to give you a, a definition of what the wisdom of God looks like, how it's manifested so we can uh, know what we're looking for. And, and James defined it as being, God's wisdom is being manifested as something that is pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield. It's full of mercy. The wisdom of God is without partiality. It's not judgmental, and also it is without hypocrisy, so it's, it's, it's sincere. So that's what wisdom looks like. I encourage you to just read those verses in James chapter 3 where he gives a stark contrast between earthly wisdom and heavenly wisdom. And then verse 17 is where the first I just shared with you is where it gives you the characteristics where it defines God's wisdom as pure, peaceable, gentle, and so forth. So that's what it looks like. Today, we want to spend a few moments together saying, well, if that's what it looks like, where do I begin my quest? What are my resources for discovering the wisdom of God? How do I find it? Well, I'm glad you're here because I have a few insights for you in that particular area. The first place that we want to be looking into is the Word of God. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3.
2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. It says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work. Matter of fact, verse 15, I wanted to share that with you as well, but it talks about how the Holy Spirit, which is able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So the Holy Spirit is able to make you wise unto salvation. And the scriptures are given to us uh, by inspiration of God. And the scriptures are given to us as being profitable for building our doctrine, for uh, reproof, for correction, and for instructing us in righteousness. That means in our quest for right living, in our quest for keeping life on target, the scriptures are our manual to go to. And it tells us that the man of God, that the one that's in a, in a quest for wisdom, you will find yourself being complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Notice God is resourcing us for every situation, and that bottom line resource, it first and foremost, the very foundation of it is it, it's established in the Word of God and comes forth from His Word. Now, if you'll turn to the book of Colossians chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 24, the Apostle Paul's talking about his ministry and responsibilities of his ministry and the purpose. And verse 28 of, of Colossians chapter 1, he says, he's talking about Christ. He says, Christ, him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom. This is talking about his ministry responsibilities. Teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. So the Word of God and the proclamation of the Word of God, the teaching of the Word of God, as the Apostle Paul was saying, this is what my responsibility is, and I'm warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom. In what wisdom? In all wisdom, meaning all the wisdom of God. It's, it's, it's in the Word of God, and as God's Word is being proclaimed, He is resourcing you with wisdom. He is equipping you for every good work for every good work, that you may be presented perfect in Christ Jesus. So we are not to be striving for perfection in and of ourselves. We are to be in pursuit of the wisdom of God. It's God's wisdom presents us perfect before Christ. God in his wisdom knew that we could never attain perfection on our own. So in his wisdom, he sent Jesus Christ to the cross. In his wisdom, Jesus Christ became obedient unto death, went to Calvary's cross willingly, gave up his life, shed his blood to cleanse us of our sin, to bring us back into a perfect relationship with God the Father. That's the perfection that it's talking about. You are in as perfect as a relationship to God the Father as, it, as you can ever be. There's nothing you can do to make you more accepted by God than you have already been accepted by him through Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's wisdom. So stop striving to please the Father from a, from a mentality that I'm not yet pleasing to him, or he's not yet pleased with me. That'll get you in trouble. That'll bring frustration. 
That'll bring guilt and condemnation, and that's not the wisdom of God. Remember, the wisdom of God is manifested as peaceful, full of mercy. These are characteristics that are found in God the Father. So our relationship with God the Father is one of peace, one of peace. So that's the Apostle Paul saying that this is, this is what I'm doing, this is what it's all about, is, is to uh, present the wisdom of God resulting in you understanding, coming to a place that you know that the sacrifice of Jesus was more than sufficient for you. Now, we have some response to that, but the foundation of it, it's, it's set. God has accepted you through Jesus as you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Then he goes on into the next chapter, the first couple of verses. He says, I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you and those in Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of the understanding to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ. Verse 3, to whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So in our quest for wisdom, in our quest for God's leading, guiding, and direction, in our quest to keep our life on target, in our quest to live carefully, to play, to play close attention to our lives, to keep our lives on target, we need to be recognizing that all the wisdom of God, that, that the wisdom is hidden in Christ Jesus. It's hidden in Christ Jesus. So first and foremost, the very foundation is accepting Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, acknowledging him as the source of wisdom from above. Not my ideas, not my way, but I'm yielding to the wisdom of God. I'm not going to be stiff-necked and do it my way, but I'm yielding to the wisdom of God, which is love and forgiveness and mercy and so forth. I mean, you can just, we can take that as many different ways as we choose to, but the idea is I'm, I'm going to be submitting to the wisdom of God. So it's in the Word of God. When you get into the Word of God, whether you are conscious of it or not, you are being resourced with wisdom from heaven. So don't ever give up on the word of the Lord. Don't ever give up on being a student of the word of God. There's no diplomas for reading the Bible from Revelation back to Genesis. Say, why do you do that way? Because I always read the last chapter of a book first to see if I want to read the rest of the book. (laughs) If the last chapter is not interesting, I'm not going to waste my time on the rest of the book. So God's wisdom is in the Word of God. Continue to read it. Continue to be a student of the Word of God. Just purpose it. I'm going to continue to learn. I'm going to continue to hear and learn. And it's amazing how you can be reading it over and over again. You can hear things you've heard before. You've heard them numerous times, but the Holy Spirit will bring enlightenment into something that's very applicable to your life that you hadn't had it up to that point. So it, it's, it's, it's just filled with wisdom and it continues to come forth. So... The Word. Be a student of the Word of God. Always be eager to be reading, to be studying, to be hearing the Word of the Lord. And there's so many resources available today. There's so many uh, 
channels of, of receiving the word of God today. There's no excuse to say, well, I'm not home. I don't have my Bible with you. Well, you have your phone with you. You can, you know, there's Bible apps. You know, it's ancient wisdom, but there's modern apps for it. So all the young people in here today say, well, that's ancient. That's really ancient wisdom. It is, but it has modern applications to our lives today. And we can always be applying it over and over and over again. So where do I begin my quest for the wisdom of God? What are our resources? The first resource is the word of the Lord. Everyone say the word. So it's the word. The second resource I want to point you to this morning would be the resource of prayer, being able to talk to God, being able to ask God. Turn to the book of James, chapter 1. James, chapter 1. Beginning at verse 5. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally. Gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind, for not let... For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, for he's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Now, many times we hear this presented, just as I read it to to you, and then the emphasis is brought out, ask God, but then we immediately jump to verse 6 and 7, but make sure that you're not doubting, make sure that you're you're not like a wave driven, uh, tossed by the wind, for uh, that man is not going to receive anything from the Lord, for he's a double-minded man. Yes, the word does say that. It does say that, and that is wisdom, but don't forget about verse 5 and meditate on that and get that settled into your heart because when you get verse 5 becomes a revelation to you, verse 6, 7, and 8 will become much more applicable to you without guilt and condemnation. Verse 5 is telling us the wisdom of God is, is, is communicating to us here if you're lacking wisdom, ask of God who does what? Who does, who does what? He gives liberally. So he's not stingy. He's not holding back. He's not playing mind games. He's not torturing us. Ask God and he will give it to you liberally and without any reproach. He's not going to say, well, okay, I'm going to give it to you this time. But the last time we did this, uh, you really screwed it up. And this is the last time I'm going to respond You know, there's no guilt, there's no condemnation, there's no, you're a really bad person, but I'm going to just extend mercy to you one more time. Or he's not saying like some people, when you ask them a question, you ask them for direction or instruction, say, well, don't you remember? Don't you remember? I remember when I was being trained in the electrical trades, a journeyman electrician that was, had a lot of responsibilities in training me in different areas. I would ask him a question, and he would always say, not always, but most often he would say, don't you remember? And I would look at him and I'd say, I'm not going to say his name, but I'd say, if I would remember, I wouldn't be asking you. (laughs) Duh. (laughs) But whenever he did that, that would... It would just like irritate me in my innermost being. Like, 
and I, I didn't, it was that frequent that I didn't want to ask, even though I needed to ask for some instructions here on you know, how to do this particular project. I was hesitant to ask because I knew the question was coming back at me. Well, don't you remember? My point being, it's not for you to feel sorry about me, <laughs> but my point being is that God does not do that, and you may have experienced something very similar in a different area of life where someone, you know, rather than just answering, giving you the insight that you're requesting, you know, they, they may be cynical in doing so or critical in doing so or judgmental in doing so. God is not like that. So when I know that, that helps me not to be double-minded. Not to be double-minded, not to be like a wave like the sea that's being tossed by the wind because I know that I know that I know that when I ask, ask of the Lord, he's going to give it to me. He's not going to hold back. He gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. So it's very emphatic there that it will be given to him. So I want to encourage you to increase your, your boldness and your confidence in asking of the Lord for wisdom when you're making decisions. And there's no question that's too small. There's nothing too silly. There's nothing that he's going to re reprove you and say, well, you know what? You've been a Christian now for 10 years. You should know that by now. God doesn't do it that way. God doesn't do it that way. We as parents may slide that in there once in a while, but God never does that. So turn with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 1. Solomon was given wisdom of the Lord because he asked for it. In, in uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 1, I'll begin reading at verse 6. It says, And Solomon went up there to the bronze altar before the Lord, which was at the tabernacle of meeting, and offered a thousand burnt offerings on it. On that night God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Ask, what shall I give you? And Solomon said to God, You have shown great mercy to David my father and have made me a king in his place. Now, O Lord God, let your promise to David my father be established that you have... For you have made me king over a people like the dust of the earth in multitude. Now, verse 10, now give me wisdom and knowledge that I may go and come in before this people. For who can judge this great people of yours? So Solomon, you know, being made king, very young, very inexperienced. But he had the wisdom to ask of the Lord for wisdom to lead the people. We also, whenever, whatever leadership responsibilities are that we are graced with, that we are given an opportunity to demonstrate leadership, don't just, don't just launch into it in your own instincts. Ask of the Lord and thank him for wisdom to lead the people. Thank God for the wisdom to show some leadership, and he'll give it to you. Verse 11, then God said to Solomon, because this was your heart and you have not asked riches or wealth or honor or life, or, or the life of your enemies, nor have you asked long life, but have asked wisdom and knowledge for yourself, that you may judge my people over whom I made you king. Wisdom and knowledge are granted to you, and I will give you riches and wealth and honor, such as none of the kings have had who were before you, nor shall any after you have the like. 
No, Solomon, because you asked for wisdom, you didn't ask for all these uh, fringe benefits of wisdom, but you asked for wisdom itself. I'm going to give you wisdom. I'm going to give you knowledge. I'm, and, 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 and along with that, you're going to receive the riches and the wealth and the honor uh, such as none of the other kings have experienced. And so the key here is, is to ask God for wisdom. God is not weary with you asking him, say, well, I can't ask him again. I just asked him yesterday, and here I am again today, or here I am just a few hours later, and I'm asking him for more wisdom and more wisdom and more wisdom. If anything, that is bringing honor to him. Throughout the day, just thank the Lord. Say, Father, thank you for wisdom, how I should respond to this person that just communicated what was communicated to me, whether it was positive or negative, especially when it's negative. Ask God for wisdom. How should I respond to this? And then the response may be, keep your mouth shut. Say, well, that's not all that wise. Well, yes, it is. (laughs) It really is. Proverbs tells us, you know, you you shouldn't be rebuking a fool because you're just going to have to do it again. So sometimes you just have to keep your mouth shut. So anyway, we don't want to get off on there. So we're, we're, looking for, we're looking at the res- what resources are at our disposal to discover the wisdom of God. Number one, we have the word of God. Number two, you are always able to go before the Father in prayer and, in, and request wisdom for the given situation that you're in, for the predicament that you're in, or for the direction that you're looking to go, the, 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 the plans that you're making, whatever it takes to, to keep life on target to carefully keep your life on target so you don't drift off course. Again, you're not going to drift into the things that you're dreaming about. You're going to have to purposely keep life on target. So number one is the word. Number two is prayer. Number three is association. Everyone say association. association. It's important that you associate with wise people. Proverbs 13, 20 tells us that walk with, those who walk with wise men will be wise. Walk with wise men, you will be wise. Proverbs 18.1, the opposite of that, tells us isolation is not wise. He who isolates himself is a fool. It's not wise. Don't isolate yourself. Associate yourself with wise men and women. Be associated. Jesus tells, told us in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30, he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to me, learn of me. Just come to me and learn from me. Learn from me. Just learn from the master. Learn from the one that created the universe. Learn from the one that created all things, and all things are still being held together by the word of his power. His name is Jesus. He created the whole thing. He was with God the Father in creation. And the whole thing is still being the whole thing, meaning the universe. It's as much as your mind can, the expanse that your mind can grasp, Jesus and God the Father created it all. And it's all being held together by the word of his power. It's why planets aren't colliding into one another. That's why the sun comes up in the east and sets in the west. That's why it continues to do that no matter how much you worry about it or don't worry about it. It just continues to do what it's supposed to do. That's why seasons come and go. It's all in operation. It was all put into operation by the creator of heaven and earth. And we're talking about wisdom and knowledge being found in the creator of heaven and earth. And you have the invitation to go to his word. You have the invitation to 
go to him and ask him in prayer, request insight from him, he gives it to you, and you have the responsibility to associate with other men and women that are men and women of the word of God, men and women of prayer that go to the word of God in prayer, and you are to hang around with other people of wisdom. You're to be affiliated. You're to be associated. And that's where the local church comes in as one of those demonstrations of associating yourself with wise men and women. You can all pat yourselves on the back. You made a wise choice on this dark, dreary, rainy morning saying, I'm going to church today. I'm going to go worship the Lord. And for those that are here, say that was not my choice. That was my mom's choice. Well, your mom made a wise choice and you made a wise choice to yield to it. Amen. You're the better for it. You're the better for it. You may not realize that yet, but you are the better for it. So always be associating. When you're no longer associated with things like the church, when you're not connected to a local church, you begin to drift. And that's again, it goes back to our opening script, our, our text that we've been using in Ephesians chapter 5, that, you know, that we are to be careful to keep life on target. You're not going to drift into the wisdom of God. You're not going to be lazy and never read the word, never hear the word, never study the word, never be associated with other believers, never participate in the blessings of a local church. It's God's demonstration. Matter of fact, let me just emphasize this real quickly. I promise I won't go long. I know it's a lot of things on your calendar today, but look at this in, in Ephesians chapter 3. The purpose, one of the purposes of the mystery and the purposes of the church. I'll just give this verse to you. You can read it in context later. Verse 9, I'll read 9 and 10 of Ephesians chapter 3, and says, and to make all see, this is Apostle Paul speaking to the church at Ephesus, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in Christ, who created all things through Jesus Christ, verse 10, to the intent that now the manifold or multifaceted wisdom of God might be made known by the church. It is God's plan and it's God's wisdom and it's God's design that his multifaceted wisdom be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. And the next verse says, and this is according to his eternal purpose. So it's God's plan that his manifold wisdom be manifest to the kingdoms of this world. So the kingdom of God, we should never be in a posture that we're on the defense. The kingdom of God is exalted above all. The name of Jesus is above every name. And the wisdom of God is in Christ Jesus. And it's in God the Father. And it's God's intended purpose that the wisdom of his wisdom is manifested to a lost and dying world. So every time you yield to the wisdom of God in every conflict resolution that you find yourself in, and you yield to the wisdom of God, which is peace, which is a willingness to, to, to yield, and, 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 and you decide, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the high road, I'm going to choose to forgive. Every time you make a decision, I'm going to choose to forgive as much as it hurts and as much as your flesh is rebelling, every time you do that, you are revealing the manifest wisdom of God over the kingdom of darkness. 
Every time you choose love over hate, you are, you are manifesting the multifaceted wisdom of God. Every time you choose kindness over selfishness, you are manifesting the, manifest, the manifold wisdom of God over selfishness. Folks, it's our responsibility. It's my responsibility. It's your responsibility to, to, to lean into the word of God, to, to be continually requesting, petitioning the throne of heaven for, for wisdom for this day, for this moment, for this hour, for this project, for this decision. And it's my responsibility to keep associated and to keep hearing. And, and, and I purpose to listen to other ministers and read other people's works and so forth and, 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 and hang around other believers so that I can continue to, to glean information, to continue to glean the wisdom of God. As Jesus said, come to me, learn from me. We learn from one another. I don't have to know everything. Because I know that you all know a lot of things, and I don't need to know it. I can come to you. And I especially have taken that posture when it comes to uh, our digital stuff we have today. I don't even know what to call it, but anyway, <laughs> all the electronic stuff and computers and gadgets and all the latest apps and stuff. You know what? I really don't need to know that. I can just ask my son, or I can ask my daughter, or I can ask my wife, or here at church, I can ask Nathan. <laughs> Why clog my mind with stuff that I don't need to? <laughs> I can just ask someone else, right? I don't, need to, I don't need to know where everything is. I can just ask someone else where it's at. Meaning we can lean on each other. I don't have to, I'm not in this by myself. I don't need to know it all. I don't need to be a know-it-all. I need to be a humble servant of Jesus, and I need to choose to manifest God. How can I manifest your wisdom in this predicament? And the answer may come, just choose to forgive them and tell them that I'm walking away from this and I'm completely forgiven you and I'm going to walk on and I'm not ever going to bring it up again. And you're going to walk away and the people that you have just forgiven are going to go, wow, wow. What are they going, wow, over? They are going, wow, because they just experienced the wisdom of the creation, of the creator of heaven and earth manifested in their presence. They can't comprehend it. Why would you ever do that? But it's manifested through you, manifested through me. So stay in the word, keep petitioning the throne of heaven, and stay affiliated with the body of Christ. Don't drift, get involved in grace groups, get involved in, in church attendance, and get, get involved in just being around other believers and encouraging and admonishing one another. Amen? Amen? Praise God. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you and I praise you for the families, for everyone represented here at Grace Church. And Lord, I thank you and I praise you that as Solomon, as Solomon petitioned you for wisdom over all the other things he could have been requesting of you, such as long life, riches, honor. After all, he's been appointed a king and he could be asking for all this stuff, but he didn't ask for all this stuff. He asked for wisdom, knowing that all the stuff is encapsulated in the wisdom of God and in God's wisdom, it'll all be manifested and appropriated in due season. Lord, that's the type of wisdom we want to be walking in. So I'm releasing this audience this morning to go out 
And as they go out, they're going to their respective families and neighborhoods and communities and schools and workplaces. Lord, I thank you that in, in the name of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that the very wisdom of God is manifested to a lost and dying world through each and every one of us. We thank you for it. We give you the honor and we give you the glory. In Jesus' name, and all the people said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Well, you're the wiser for being here this morning. Amen. So if you have uh, any prayer requests whatsoever, some people would love to meet you up here and pray with you. If you have never accepted Jesus, the wisest thing you could ever do is make him your personal Lord and Savior. We encourage you to come up here. We'd love to introduce you to him as well. And other than that, you have a very, very terrific rest of the day. And again, God bless all the moms. And may you have a, a special touch in your heart today. God bless you.